0: You're listening to the Peacock and
1: Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Friday edition. The week is over already. Time is flying. It is now April as we prepare for the NFL draft and we're going to finish up our mock draft our sort of live versus mock draft here with matt and i going back and forth i'm picking the odds matt's picking the evens we we originally just planned on doing 12 picks and it's turned into the whole first round so we're going to finish it up today we ended with the new york jets at 23 yesterday we're going to finish up with pick 24 the pittsburgh steelers through pick 32 trades are are available if we want to do something like that so it's been a lot of fun and and things have changed quite a bit actually for me since the uh, really since the beginning of free agency when I did my last mock draft and Max was even before that, plus the big trades that shook up the top of the draft is why we uh, really wanted to jump in here and see how the, the draft looks and see what a mock looks like here at the end of March and now at the beginning of April. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. Another huge note for the NFL that really changes historically what the NFL is going to look like, Matt, is... And it was on the docket. We didn't really talk about it earlier on in the week, but the 17-game schedule, I think we got to cover this a little bit because it's huge. Uh, To me, the biggest thing that jumps out is health and historical records. Records are going to fall, and they already were with, like, uh, especially passing records as we've seen more and more passing yards and more pass attempts in the NFL than ever before. You had another game on there. We're going to see a lot of records fall.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and they'll have to kind of be a, a line in the sand of this is bad. I mean, when I was a kid, there was 12 games. I mean, I mean, there was – so you know, the, 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 I think it were 14. I can't remember, but there was – it hasn't always been 16. So that part doesn't bother me a lot, but I'm sure it bothers Jerry Rice and, you know, guys that have, you know, single-season <laughs> records that were amazing. Um, you mentioned the health thing. I wonder, and I'm not a big NBA guy, but I bet that coaches are a little more aware of resting guys. You know, if a 20-point lead, I'm not going to put my running back out there. Maybe I don't put, you know, Miles Garrett out there either. I mean, uh, limit some snaps a little bit more, be a little more conscious. Realize this thing's a marathon. And then the two notes I really wanted to get to are, I want to explain where that 17th game comes from so everyone that understands. But the other thing that, I don't say it worries me, but weather's going to be a real factor late in the year. You know, I mean, the, the season's going longer. They're going to play football later into the year. All these northern teams, you know, especially Green Bay, Buffalo, let alone, you know, the New, New York teams, Cleveland, Chicago, rough weather towns. The weather's going to be rougher, you know, and I think you better build your team somewhat accordingly. You know, Andy, let's say... I don't know. I mean, I, I always think about it this way. Like if I'm, if I build a great team and I achieve my goal of hosting the AFC or NFC championship game, I better have Rogers, Allen, you know, somebody that can drive the ball through the wind. I don't need a weak arm quarterback in those towns. Or if you're in those divisions, you know, a lot of week 17 games this year will be week 18 or against divisional foes. I mean, if you're the Vikings, oh, I play in the Dome, but I got to go to Chicago in week 18 to get in the playoffs. I think that's a big deal.
0: How how does this, because this is a huge one that I thought the NFLPA would push back harder.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you here, get 16- let me stop you because b- before we even knew what COVID was, this was built into the CBA because I remember going to the combine a year ago, the last combine that there was, that's the last event I did in footballs before COVID hit. And all the talk at the combine was the CBA quickly. Everyone forgot about the CBA because COVID hit and everything got canceled, but that was a big sticking point in the CBA was the owners and the, the players agreed to this had the ability to take this thing to 17 games. So this has been agreed upon Ah then you know and everyone forgets about it because we defends the stands and salary cap went down well they didn't know those things then
0: wow okay that's interesting and if you give the owners an opportunity to throw another game on there you know damn well the they're players gonna do knew it. this was coming, right <laughs> they voted <laughs> for absolutely it. gonna throw that game on but it's crazy that's, because yeah. and then COVID happens. so on top of that now contracts kind of came down a little bit or stagnated and it's an odd season so players are going to be playing for less per paycheck that are split between 17 games now, instead of 16 games. And and, uh, I just wonder what so few players are even healthy for 16 games anymore. Uh, You throw a 17th game on there. It's going to be fascinating to see how teams play this. And on paper, it's, it's, you know, if you want, I think miles Garrett's the the player you use as, I mean, miles Garrett, you want to, Put him on the sideline. Sure, that's great on paper before the season starts. But you start playing football and it's like, I want that guy. He's my best player. I want him out there on every snap in every game. So it's going to okay. be really hard to sit players. It's going to be really hard to keep players healthy for 17. Just manage games. It was their already snaps hard. snaps,
1: is, is I mean, the way and,
0: I would look at it. Right. Like, what is that? Seven, per- especially running backs. I'm not a mathematician. What is that? Seven percent more football?
1: I'm not either, but I'll, like that. I'll buy that. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> you know, like, I might keep an extra running back on my roster this year as opposed to last year and work them in you know yeah if running
0: backs geez yeah running backs are there's going to be even higher level of attrition there
1: and and last thing I want to tell people how this game factors in on the schedule because you know obviously teams gonna have eight home games and nine road games or vice versa so the way they figure this out is the uh, the different conference division that you played last year so Let's talk about our two teams because I remember this off the top of my head. The Steel the AFC North played the NFC West last year, remember? Yes. Well, this year they are going to play again, but only the one seed versus the one seed, you know. So now there's three games on your schedule that are based on where you fell. The Steelers won the North. So they get Seattle, you know, <clears throat> and all the way down. You know, San Francisco's fourth. So they get Cincy. Right. And this year, AFC gets all the home games for those. Next year, it'll be the NFC gets all the home games for those. But it won't be the same conferences. It'll be the conference you played last year. Is that confusing?
0: <laughs> you know, it, it makes perfect sense. It's a convoluted way to do it, but it, it does make sense that the way they're doing that, and it's an odd number of games. So they had to come up with something that was a, an every other year situation there, right. home and road. Right.
1: And, and they also said there's going to be, what, four, five, six, I can't remember international games i would think a lot of those games are that that 17th game too you know yes, what i mean yeah. seattle pittsburgh whatever. and then
0: it's then it's neutral
1: right 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 so you don't have to worry about the home and road stuff okay
0: uh good stuff there 17th game wow um 17 games it's it's great for the fans i mean the fans are the big winners here right more more real football more yeah. football games that matter
1: they're paying for the same number of tickets well i guess every other year if your team's home but you see a regular season game instead of a preseason game.
0: I love it. 17 NFL games. Which record's going to fall first? What do you think? Uh, I feel like it's a receiving yards, single yeah, season receiving stats. yards is the one.
1: I mean, how many How many passes? I mean, like a Mahomes or, you know, I would think passing leaders. Yeah. And depending yards, on what that 17th right, yeah.
0: game looks like, are you getting, you know, maybe 50 more pass attempts
1: right, <laughs> per right. year, essentially? Maybe sacks,
0: right? I mean, yeah,
1: rushing absolutely could rushing but for sure.
0: But that—that that is a number that out. has sort of been hard to replicate. So maybe this will just maybe this will actually make up for it because it, uh, one single running back is running the ball less than before, right?
1: A lower percentage. So
0: this per might make product, up for yeah. that to put it back at the level it was before. But the passing stats will just go way over the top.
1: Actually, I think the number that'll get beat quickest is receptions per year.
0: Yes, yeah, and we're already seeing that Michael up. Thomas types, right. you know,
1: right. Like
0: 150,
1: wait, what is the record right now? It was it 129? Um, I don't know. Harrison had it recently, and someone just beat it. It was so. Michael Thomas that beat it, right? I think I it was think
0: 129, so. which is
1: just... I mean, what if you'd have given number. Stefan Diggs an extra game this year? Want throw on 10 more catches, you know?
0: Yeah. All right, fun stuff. There go the records. Uh, no asterisks here either. Just sorry, old guys. That was it was different back then. But actually, right. it was the longest period the NFL had ever gone without adding more games to the schedule.
1: Yeah, I heard that too.
0: So even though it feels weird, they actually uh, they actually held their water pretty good with not adding more games on there and chasing more dollars.
1: This is a trend, folks. I mean, this has been you know changing throughout my lifetime.
0: Yeah, uh, my my son's going to be like, man, I can't believe there's 20 games a season now. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And there might be one preseason game then,
0: who knows, Yeah, know. Uh, good stuff. All right, let's get to the rest of this mock draft. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, are on the clock at pick 24 next. March Madness, obviously a huge time for sports betting. Uh, NFL draft props, though, can be really fun. If you love the NFL draft, you can put a little money on some of these things, like Mac Jones, who has now somehow become the favorite to be selected by the 49ers. At number three, do you think they're going to go another direction as I do? Maybe put some money on Justin Fields or Trey Lance or any of the other number of props you can bet on at betonline.ag. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, even awards shows and reality TV fights. Uh, You can play poker at betonline.ag and other table games bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up just go to betonline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today use promo code locked on and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts all right this is a fun little live versus mock draft matt williamson got the Evens, I took the odds. Let me run through what we have so far in the first 23 picks. No surprises at the top. Jacksonville Jaguars, number one. Trevor Lawrence, number two. Jets, Zach Wilson. Justin Fields to the 49ers at three. Kyle Pitts, four. The Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers. Moving up for Trey Lance at five. Jamar Chase to Miami at six. Seven, Penny Sewell, Detroit Lions, Cincinnati, who move back from five to eight, go with Devontae Smith. Mac Jones to the Denver Broncos at nine. Patrick Sertan to Dallas at ten. Rashawn Slater, New York Giants, 11. Pick 12. The Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen Waddell. Los Angeles Chargers at 13. Go with cornerback J.C. Horn. Minnesota, Elijah Vera Tucker at 14. Jalen Phillips to the New England Patriots at 15. Parsons, Arizona Cardinals, 16. Darasaw, Las Vegas, pick 17. Uh, the second selection of the Miami Dolphins at pick 18 in this mock draft Jeremiah Owusukora Moa. Washington at 19, going with Tevin Jenkins. We've got the cornerback, Newsom, at 20 to Chicago. Back-to-back corners here with Caleb Farley falling to the Indianapolis Colts at 21. Quidi Pay, Tennessee Titans, defensive end at 22. And the New York Jets with an edge rusher, Aziz Ojalari from Georgia at 23. Which brings us to, Matt, the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 24. Or in your original mock, you went with the running back from Alabama, Najee Harris. Do you feel you still feel like Harris is the way to go? He's a classic Pittsburgh Steelers type running back. Or did free agency change your view of what the Pittsburgh Steelers should do with this selection?
1: Yeah, they they need stuff. I mean, they need a corner. There's two linebackers here looking me in the face and Zaven Collins and Jamin Davis that would be great compliments to Bush to get that speed in the middle of the field on defense. The offensive line needs reinforcements, but after Jenkins went, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a drop-off there. So yes, I am going to stick with Najee Harris. The running back play has been really poor here for a while.
0: Najee Harris, six, two and a half, I think, 230 is what he weighed in. Just a large human being no 40 time though does that worry you a little bit that maybe he thought it would be slow so he didn't want to run it i think he has because he did say that was kind
1: of the knock on him you know watching tape i think he's a four six flat type of guy
0: which and it wouldn't even bother you right if he ran four six now okay
1: four seven might change my mind right but, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah but, but he's pretty athletic for a big guy i wouldn't expect a really bad time and like if he ran four five five, it's like yes please right 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 jacksonville jaguars they have some needs. I like to go defense here after they went quarterback number one, uh, just because there's not a, an offensive tackle I love here for them, an offensive lineman, and they did do some work on the offensive line in free agency. Um, Trevon Morig, the safety, feel it's a little high, so I'm going to go with really the only first round interior defensive lineman here in Christian Barmore to Jacksonville at 25.
1: I like it. I like it. I mean, they they have some edge guys. Um, you know, you take the top quarterback, obviously. Yeah, there's so many needs they could address here. I would think about Mooring at this point. Their their safety position is bad, but I think Barmore kind of stands alone as the best defensive tackle. You know, start with the, the, the trying to reinforce this defensive line with some youth. Uh, I like that pick for the Jackson Jacksonville 25.
0: That brings us to the Cleveland Browns at 26, man.
1: Yeah, I, I think an edge rusher, you know, a 4-3 defensive end type is their biggest need. The Olivier Vernon's replacement um, I'm going to go with Rousseau here. There's a couple options I, I liked, but I, I think his size is appealing to them. A base end like Vernon that could also kick inside on throwing downs, a compliment to Miles Garrett. Um, I think it's, you know, as this offseason shown, it's going to be a heavy defensive, you know, uh, attention to the Browns defense this offseason.
0: I like Rousseau. He's a hard evaluation for me because I watched his, and he didn't play in 2020. In 2019, I watched his tape, and he's so long. He's 11-inch hands, just six, I think he was six foot six and a half and 266 pounds. He's big. I think he could grow even more into that body and do a lot of things on the interior. He was so natural using his hands and his long arms, and I loved seeing that, and I think there's a lack of that in this defensive end class. So he's got the length you're looking for, 30-inch vertical, and and when you see it on tape, his get off is a little slow and he's mm-hmm. still pretty raw, even though he collected 15 sacks and kind of beat up on some bad competition. So I don't know how he's exactly going to fit in in the NFL. I like him. I just don't like him as much as I originally did when I saw, you know, a, a lot of his cut ups of his sacks and you see him play down in and down out. And I just, I just wish there was just a little bit more juice, which is surprising for a guy who grew out of playing high school safety and wide receiver because that's what he used to be. And you can see some some athleticism for his height, but it's just that initial explosion. I don't know if he's going to get a, the jump on a lot of really good offensive tackles in the NFL. So maybe most of his production ends up coming up inside and maybe he, he I mean, who knows, maybe he ends up being a 280 pound guy at the end of it because he's so big yeah. and obviously still growing and so young. But he uses his hands so well that, that I think he's got a shot even to be disruptive as an edge player, even though he doesn't have that burst off the line of scrimmage.
1: I agree with everything you said. Uh, I don't love him. I I, I just think he fits what the the Browns are after, a base 4-3 end. He can play a little high at times as well. Uh, We'll see. I think there's a lot of clay there to mold, though.
0: And I think that's sort of what this edge class is because there's not that top guy. There's not the Chase Young, Bosa up there that you're going to draft in the top five every year. So it's going to be you know a pick-your-flavor sort of a class. Do you need a stand-up rusher? Do you want to swing for the fences on a guy that maybe has some – uh, red flags for whatever reason do you want length do you covet that length do you want just the straight up speed and athleticism like jason Owe coming off the edge and it's like look i don't care if you had zero sacks i'm gonna mold him into somebody who gets 10 sacks a year so pick your flavor edge class for sure this year yeah yeah you're right where are we at here the the baltimore ravens baltimore at Birdies, pick yeah. 27 and to me it comes down to two players rashad bateman wide receiver from minnesota and Terrace marshall wide receiver from lsu and I think after seeing him work out, and I think it was close enough for this, I'm pretty sure Terrace Marshall's going to be wide receiver four in this class. Don't you get that feeling, I think Matt? so, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A little longer, you know, I mean, taller, good workout numbers. Um, he's willing to block. He's been mocked to the Ravens a million times, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. by Mel Kuyper, who's very dialed in with the Ravens. It's always hard to guess what, what's going to happen late in the first round, but I could really see this one happening.
0: Definitely going Terrace Marshall here over Bateman, and I was a little bit disappointed by Bateman's, I think he's actually a little bit more athletic, because people you know, call him sort of a, a chain-moving type of wide receiver. He's a really good route runner. I think he's a little underrated athleticism-wise, and what he can do at getting open and, and giving you a little bit of something on the outside with some athleticism. But I was disappointed with his size. I thought he was going to be, and, and with wide receivers, it seems to be the case more than any other position in the NFL draft. Those those college numbers just don't add up to what we see when we get him at the at the combine and guys measure up. And this year it's at Pro Days. And he was just barely over 6 feet and 190 pounds. I think he was listed at 210 pounds. So uh, a lot smaller. He had to play
1: bigger than 190.
0: Right. So maybe he was you know. just trying to get that 40 time down as much as possible. But when you match that up with Terrace Marshall, who's legit 6'2 two, uh, two and, a half and uh, 205 pounds, and then blazed a 4'3'8. I mean, I, I just think he's got to be, and who knows, maybe even ends up being one of the top three receivers in this class in Terrace Marshall. But what's funny about the connection with Baltimore and Terrace Marshall is Terrace Marshall was asked at his pro day at LSU, uh, what team do you want to go to? And he said, oh, I don't care. I just want to go to a team that throws the ball a lot. So we got him to a team <laughs> that, that runs the ball the most in the NFL.
1: <laughs> it's not the best landing spot, I and mean, we saw that in free agency. Receivers aren't begging to go to Baltimore right now.
0: Absolutely not. Another potential wide receiver needy team here with the New Orleans Saints at 28. Are you helping out the quarterbacks? Are you looking for a new quarterback or are you going back to the defensive side of the ball here, Matt?
1: I'm tempted to those two linebackers I mentioned for the Steelers, those tall guys that can really run Collins and Davis would be great fits here. I just think that, hey, you're breaking in a new quarterback. You have the line in place. You have Kamara and Thomas. I need one more weapon and preferably more explosive one than Bateman, a space player. I was torn between Elijah Moore and Tony from Florida. I went with Tony, but I could be persuaded either way. There's a ton of these little guys that are super explosive. Get the ball in their hands and wind them up. Yeah, this
0: is the area of the draft that I think you could see some teams have a little fun with the with the wide receiver position and the running back position. By the way, there's a player out there that I think would be fun in a lot of offenses at running back. Um, Tony, I love Elijah Moore. The more I watch him, I think um, um, Rondale Moore out of Purdue showing up at yeah, five right. seven definitely hurts his his chances of going in round one. But he could still even be a top fifty player with how dynamic he is. And there's a lot of those types. And you're looking to get somebody in space and make plays after the catch. Uh, Kadarius Toney is supremely athletic, and I, I would love that fit there for the New Orleans Saints. Let's finish this up with 29, Green Bay Packers, 30, the Buffalo Bills, 31, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Next. The championship is set, and it's a chunky matchup. Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Cookie Dough Chunk, built bar bracket. Coming to a culmination here, what flavor will come out on top? Coconut brownie chunk or cookie dough chunk? Go to BuiltBar.com and vote for the winner. You can also get 15% off a box of Built Bars, those flavors, or any of the 18-plus flavors that Built Bar offers at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. The amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high fiber fantastically tasty protein bar with 100% chocolate remember to use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order vote for the best flavor of built bar and use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com in my first mock draft Matt I gave the Green Bay Packers a cornerback Newsome and now he as jumped up the draft boards with his workouts, and he's clearly cornerback four, at least in this class, and he was cornerback three in this mock now that Farley has fallen down because of some of his injuries, but the top four corners are off the board, and ideally, that's not the way it goes. Maybe it's just, I mean, they re-signed Kevin King, and he was a problem for them in the playoffs. He had a target on his back when they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. I think they gotta go cornerback. They haven't done anything to make me feel better about that i think they must feel good about the cornerback class in this draft here judging yeah. by although green bay kind of does things in the offseason that i don't always agree with and it surprised me quite a bit who is cornerback five though that's the tough the tough question for me you go in undersized with the samuel you go with the guy who's the height weight speed specimen and eric stokes that might be a little bit more raw might not be ready to make a huge impact you want to go with the maybe the best slot corner in this class in Elijah Molden. So there's a few ways yeah. they could go. Um, there's a Fethu who's was just a height, weight, speed freak, too. So uh, and by the way, Stokes teammate at Georgia, um, Campbell, yeah. Tyson Campbell. I mean, he's he's a stud player, too, that I could even see sneaking into the end of the first round. But I guess I'm going to go with the high upside swing for the fences, as they did with King when they drafted him a few years ago. Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia. But I would feel a lot better about it if Greg Newsom was there for the Packers here.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I, I don't argue with anything you said. I guess in this scenario, I would consider Bateman who's still there, but I think corners are harder to find. They'll find a receiver on the second day. Um, Joseph from Kentucky is another corner we haven't brought up very much that could be in that mix too. Mm-hmm. There's five or six of them in this neighborhood, and I'm sure that there's one that they prefer. And uh, your guess is as good as mine, but I like your pick.
0: The Buffalo Bills are on the clock at pick thirty. We're talking about really good teams here, where the needs are a little bit fewer and far between. And I think the Buffalo Bills did a good job in free agency too, maybe putting themselves in a position to go best player available in the draft.
1: Yeah, and there's a pick here that stands out for me for Buffalo, and that's Jason Oway, the, the the yeah total freak edge player from Penn State. I know he had zero sacks. Uh, I heard this morning, and I kind of knew this, but just reiterated it. You know that. Daniel Hunter at LSU had one and a half sacks in his entire college career. Like I know there's something to getting to the quarterback, but I think Buffalo could bring Oway along slowly. Their best pass rusher, Jerry Hughes, is kind of getting up in age. I think that's a great spot for him to land and groom him.
0: Jason Owe, six foot five, two hundred and fifty seven pounds, thirty nine and a half inch vertical, huge broad jump, eleven feet two inches. It's insane, insane short shuttle too. So we're not just talking a linear straight line athlete Same here. Cone, six yeah. eight four three cone, and a f- somewhere between a four three six and four three nine forty yard dash. I
1: mean, <laughs> oh by the way, yeah, that's just with a, long arms and yeah,
0: it's absurd. So at some point in the first round, someone's going to shoot for the moon on this guy, and you may get nothing. You may get uh, and actually, uh, who was the the Penn State edge player that was a height, weight, speed specimen about ten years ago? Didn't do much mm-hmm. in the NFL. Blanking on it right now.
1: Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but to your point, world. I don't yeah. think Oway is going to get the thirty. Someone's going to say, "I can coach that guy up."
0: Right? Yeah, they're going to see that and say, "Just give me that, and I'll try it." But uh, the Denell Hunter comp—that's an interesting one, and and that's probably you know that's obviously best case. That's what you're hoping for when you draft right. Jason Oway. Let's see here. Super Bowl teams left here. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I mean, they're sort of like the Packers where it's like, okay, you spent a whole bunch of money on guard in free agency. And like, what about the tackles? The thing that lost you the Super Bowl? You're not going to worry about that. You're not going to go out in free agency and get yourself a, a left tackle of the future after both of your starting tackles weren't in the Super Bowl. You saw how bad that turned out for you. And now they're both not on the roster. Who knows? Maybe one of them, Eric Fisher, could come back. I think Schwartz is going to retire, but... Um, I got to find someone who can play tackle and specifically left tackle. So I'm going to go to the University of Texas with Samuel Cosme. And I (laughs) think his evaluations I've seen all over the board. Some people have no doubt first rounder on him. Some people have him outside the top 50. I don't know what to expect, but uh, I think we learned from last year. Don't screw around. Don't find a bunch of toys at the end of the first round. Don't draft undersized running backs. Get your lines in order and go make another run and protect your superstar quarterback so i'm gonna go cosme here at 31
1: i like it that would have been my pick as well he's another great tester not quite to always level but had an awesome pro day uh projects to be a you know better in protection somewhat of a finesse player right up the chief's alley and you know, give me a pure tackle i have all these guards uh, i like that quite a bit what's funny is <laughs> you just said you know don't go getting cute with weapons <laughs> at the end of the first round. And now I hear I'm sitting here with Tampa, teed it up for. And you. I, are you going to? And it? I think, I, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Travis ATN. You know, I mean, I looked at Morig and thought maybe he's the best player on the board. And they they just keep drafting secondary guys. I know they don't need them, but they just keep drafting secondary guys high, and it's worked out well for them. I would think about an edge, but you know. Any defensive lineman in general, there's no defensive tackle worth it to me. Ideally, I'd love to take a quarterback to learn something behind Tom, but no way am I doing that at 32. Just didn't leave me a lot. So give me ATN, a good receiver, another explosive weapon. Let's go win the Super Bowl again next year, and I'm not going to learn from Kansas City's mistakes last year. <laughs>
0: uh, I like it. Uh, I love it. You know, why not? <laughs> go have some fun. And Look, ATN, I, with his dynamic ability uh, he's going to be a first rounder it's just really hard for me to place him and, and feel good about it and, and i think mm-hmm. the kansas city chiefs is such a great example of why that's not the best place to put your resources in there and just make sure you're you're good everywhere else and as as we saw you don't need that much at running back uh and and we saw it both years with the team ah, that won right. the super bowl in kansas city and tampa bay um there are some names out there now that this mock draft is over and let me go over the picks we just made today to finish it off. Uh, Najee Harris to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jacksonville, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle at 25. 26, Gregory Rousseau from Miami. Uh, 27 was Terrace Marshall, wide receiver from LSU to Baltimore. Kadarius Toney to New Orleans at 28. Green Bay Packers, Eric Stokes, cornerback. Uh, 30 was the Buffalo Bills with Jason Owe. Samuel Cosme, left tackle to Kansas City at 31. And Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 32. There's some names that I wanted to fit in here. There's a little bit difficult, and I think there's going to be a huge run on offensive linemen at the end of the draft. So Dylan Raiden's the small school guy from North Dakota State, who was protecting Trey Lance in his college career. At least he wasn't uh, for one game this season, and in 2019, I think he could sneak into the end of the first round. Um, I think Jalen Mayfield could get in there. if People are looking for a yeah. power player. Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. So there's a number of offensive linemen that could sneak into the end of the first round. There could be a run. We talked about... Uh, Morig sort of Trevon Morig from T- TCU. I think a lot of teams are going to like him. I don't know how high he will go, but um, I think he deserves to be in this conversation. And it was just really, you know, he's kind of the runner up to a lot of these teams with our picks from about 25 on. And then Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, the linebacker. Yep. Only one linebacker that went in the first round here. And uh, I think there could be a couple of them and he would he would probably be number two. Here's another name for you at linebacker that's getting a lot of publicity right now. And uh, let me see. I'm trying to find where he's ranked currently. Oh, okay. Uh, he was actually higher than I thought. So I'm looking at the Draft Network's prospect rankings right now. Baron Browning from Ohio State. He had a crazy good workout, 6'3", 240. Yep. Um, and he's not a name that you see a lot in mock drafts, but he could be that sleeper player that goes a lot higher than you know the average fan is expecting to see on draft day.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the linebackers because every, every time we've done any sort of mock, Micah Parsons and JOK, call him a linebacker or safety, whatever, have been hard to place. And there's really, in my opinion, five-ish of these linebackers that could be on the, in the first, first day. I think the second day is going to be littered with athletics running hit linebackers. Jamin Davis is a name you didn't mention. Bolton from Missouri's a really good player. Both Ohio State guys. You mentioned Browning. He's really good coming off the edge as well. Um, Cox from LSU, like there's a lot of these guys that are really intriguing, but they're hard to fit. So maybe there's a run on day two.
0: Dylan Moses. There's at least one stud yeah, linebacker yeah. from Alabama every year too. So, um, I mean, it's a really good class of linebackers and, uh, Kuromo, I, I didn't even mention him earlier when I was talking about linebackers. Cause he's not, you know, that true pure linebacker, yeah, right. like middle linebacker, like some of these other guys, but yeah, I mean, um, most of the linebackers we talked about as first rounders are either guys that are so athletic, that are great in coverage or are stand up hybrid rusher types. And so the true inside linebackers, where would they fall? I think that's going to be fun to to follow. Yeah, good,
1: good storyline there.
0: All right. That was fun stuff, Matt. Good job. I think uh, my picks were clearly better than yours. The the odd teams taught oh, themselves clear. quite a bit. Uh, No, but that was fun doing it live and not getting a lot of time to know who the person's going to pick in front of you and and trying to get in the heads of these teams and see how things were changed after trades and after free agency. And we'll keep the mocks coming. We'll have at least one more piece before draft day, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it was a fun way of doing it, too.
0: Positional rankings next up for us, getting to know these position groups a little bit deeper when it comes to the NFL draft and trying to rank these guys out and separate them. More news, I'm sure, to come. There's probably going to be some more trades and a bunch of reports that we can't believe because it's lying season as well.
1: It is. <laughs> Everyone have a great weekend.
0: Good stuff. Talk to you guys Monday right here. Happy Easter all, too. Yes, have a fun weekend. See you Monday.